Welcome to the Instinct Performance Podcast, where we talk all things performance. This podcast covers various topics such as sports psychology, strength training, speed training, and mental performance. This podcast also shares uncut interviews from Olympic, professional, and high-performance athletes and coaches. Don't just listen to the knowledge and wisdom from this show. Practically apply what you learn from each episode and watch your sports performance skyrocket. Listen up, take notes, take action. Let's get it poppin'. Hello and welcome to the Instinct Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah McDonald, and I'm extremely excited to welcome Marty Lane to the podcast. Marty is a former Canadian Olympic baseball coach and current Major League Baseball scout. Marty was a critical component of the 2004 Canadian Olympic baseball team that finished fourth at the Olympic Games in Athens, Greece. He was also the coach for the Canadian baseball team that won a bronze medal at the Pan Am Games in 1999. He has been named Canadian Coach of the Year and has been a guest coach in the Toronto Blue Jays and Chicago White Sox organizations. Marty has made a significant impact on the growth of baseball all over Canada. His passion and inspiration for the game has changed the lives of many people, including me. Marty is the owner of Big League Experience Baseball Camp, a world-class baseball camp that provides young aspiring baseball athletes with the tools, skills, knowledge, and mindset it takes to play at the next level. More important than these labels and accomplishments is the incredible man in front of me. He's extremely caring, humble, and a true inspiration. I'm extremely grateful to have you on the podcast, Marty. So thanks for coming. I'm out of breath because Dang, that was like, that was a full page of greatness right there. So, yeah, thanks. Thank you for the kind words, Isaiah. I'm happy to be here. So, probably for the first few questions, maybe we'll just get a gauge so the listeners can get to know who you are. Uh, And then we'll dive probably into the high-performance side of baseball. And then we'll talk about big league experience for the kids listening and and why they should come out. Um, So, first question I kind of had, because I was curious too, and – I just wanted to know your story of becoming an Olympic coach, an MLB scout, owning your own business. So you kind of graduate college playing baseball down in Louisiana um, and then to develop into that person with, I guess, all these labels and accomplishments. uh, It's not easy. So maybe you could break down some of your story, some of the key parts of that journey and, and what it looks like. Well, I think, Isaiah, much like yourself, I kind of uh, I went to camp at a younger age, call it 13-ish, and then got kind of the passion for, for baseball and had an opportunity, met some coaches up at camp, and one was uh, down in uh, Washington State where I went to Olympic College at a junior college and was able to continue on down into uh, south, uh, southeastern Louisiana uh, into the program down there to a four-year institution to finish off my, my playing days and then also, too, the, uh, it got into where I was able to coach down there. Um, they kept me on as a graduate assistant, uh, uh, coach. So I was able to stay with the baseball program and continue to work there and then get my undergrad degree. And then, uh, inevitably my, uh, postgraduate degree. Uh, and I had an opportunity to continue on, uh, education wise, uh, either university of Florida or Texas A&M to, to work on my PhD, uh, 
in the field of motor development and, and uh, health promotion and that. Uh, and an opportunity came available uh, in Canada, uh, the Coaching Association of Canada, which uh, many of your listeners have probably heard before because after a Blue Jay game, they say here's a donation to the CAC, the Coaches Association of Canada, development coaches in, in the country. And they were pioneering um, a level four and level five of the NCCP, which is the National Coaching Certification Program. And uh, they were looking for someone in the baseball side to kind of be uh, the pioneer and to work uh, uh, in conjunction with uh, some of our high performance teams. One of them being the National Baseball Institute, which was a college-based program out of uh, Surrey, BC, uh, uh, which had a lot of players before the draft or just when the draft was starting for Canadian players before we were all signed as free agents. Uh, and now in the early 90s, we kind of went into the MLB draft. But um, the Blue Jays were a big sponsor of the National Baseball Institute, along with a lot of other sponsors as well, too. But they were the main uh, baseball people. Uh, so I was able to do the education part, which was an attraction to me because I was still keen on uh, and, and had no problem going to the libraries and doing my research and studying and wanting to learn more. I was still hungry for, for knowledge, so to speak. Not that I'm not anymore. I still am, of course. But um, it was an opportunity to continue on. And, and I was uh, so lucky to be able to work with the likes of Vern Gambetta with the White Sox. And, and that inevitably got me on the field with the AAA team when they were here in Vancouver with the White Sox. Um, it also got me on the field with the Toronto Blue Jays and down to spring training as well, too, where I was working with nutritionists, sports psychologists, uh, strength and fitness people. Uh, and, and it was a great opportunity for me to grow and grow uh, as far as uh, knowledge wise and in the game and then what potentially I can offer back you know, to the guys on the field and all that as well, too. So uh, a great opportunity. And from there, I was working under uh, Wayne Norton, who was a scout for umpteen years, friend of Pat Gillick, uh, who is a. Uh, you know, baseball Hall of Fame, uh, um, former Major League player, but uh, owner, uh, won the championship with the Phillies, with, with the Mariners when they won 116 games, was there with the Blue Jays when they won championships. And so Wayne was a uh, good friend with, um, with Pat, and then also to John Haar, who's in the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, who was the coach of uh, Team Canada when they won the World Championships back in 1991. And I was actually, that was my first year I was back in Canada when I came back from Louisiana. Uh, and they went on to, and I was a guest coach on the field with the guys during that uh, time, and they uh, won a world championship, or we won a world championship, uh, so which was a, a great accomplishment for Canadian baseball. And then from there, uh, it just kind of opened up the doors to, to be able to do some uh, work with Baseball Canada, and it, uh, inevitably I was uh, a guest coach in 92 with Baseball Canada, then part of the coaching staff with the junior team in 93 and 94, and then with the senior team starting in 95 all the way up until my last year was uh, 2008 uh, with our national team uh, program. So uh, one thing kind of led into the next and uh, I, I think it was, uh, you know, the stars aligned a little bit that a position was open and they were looking for someone with this coaching association of Canada. Uh, and I think I kind of had the background education wise to kind of, um, they thought I was a good candidate to kind of continue on and, and, pioneer uh, the next level as far as the coaching program in the country yeah that's amazing yeah that's yeah that's really amazing and so maybe this is probably a little selfish from my side of things so like a younger marty lane yeah obviously you get these opportunities but you ran with them and you did something that separated yourself from other coaches who got the same opportunity so maybe you know what were some things you did as a young coach whether that's you know 
you show up early, which obviously you should do, but what are some extra things that sort of, you know, made you stand out from the rest of the guys out there? Uh, I'm still a firm believer in this. And, and I, I just think I was, uh, I, I had the energy, I had the passion. Um, it was kind of something that I wanted to, uh, kind of pursue. Uh, I mean, I, I felt uh, lucky, fortunate, blessed to be able to be part of, of the college program that I was a part of and then to be able to come home and, and that, which was really neat too, because uh, it allowed me to get back to my roots, so to speak. Not that I wouldn't have loved to stay down South, but I, I was able to come home and be in Canada again. And, and I bleed red and white as, as, you know, as much as anybody. And so uh, I'm I was happy to be on this side of the border. I married an American girl, but I got her to this side of the border. So it was, uh, I think there was an opportunity to give more of an impact to the game in, in the country of Canada than um, I might've been able to do uh, south of the line. Uh, but I think perseverance, a lot of it as well too. I, I think, um, you know, I got lucky and some people took me under their wings. Uh, you know, Isaiah, when I was younger, I, uh, maybe much like yourself, I, I had a gentleman that owned the camp at the time. His name was Dale Parker. And I used to get on the Greyhound bus and just come up from Vancouver and go up to the Okanagan and I'd, I'd, I'd get a paper route so I could pay for one week to stay at camp. And, and next thing you know, Saturday happened and camp was over and I was still living in the hockey arena on Sunday morning. And uh, the head guy comes up and he goes, what are you doing here? He says, I'll work. I'll take another week. And uh, I just kind of stayed in Oliver. And, uh, uh, you know, he kind of took me under his wing to, to help me out and develop myself as far as the game goes, uh, you know, both personally and then you know, uh, physically as well, too. Uh, and then, you know, the opportunity to go down south and, uh, uh, you know, once again, the stars aligned for me able to, to work with the coaching association and come back home to Canada, which which uh, uh, opened up some doors with the uh, the Jays and Team Canada and, and uh, the National Baseball Institute. So perseverance. Perseverance. That's yeah. hilarious. And I, I got to tell you this story, too, because I don't know if you, you, you probably know some of it, but um, I remember it was grade nine and I was just kind of developing that love for the game. And I was trying to figure out like, how do I, I'm from a town of 4,000 people. Like, how do I get out there? How do I keep playing this game? Uh, and I'd been, I'd been working too. Yeah. Same with you paper route. And I was working at A&W flipping burgers and I was saving up for a bike and I was like, okay, I'm in grade nine. Do I want to buy a bike or do I want to go to this camp? And I, I thought about it. And I remember calling my mom, like, Mom, I got to go here. And she's like, what? So whatever, I, I convinced my mom. And I'm like, I'm, my savings is going to this camp. That was grade nine. Um, and I had been playing in trail at the time. And so the next year when I went back to play for trail, we had about nine graduating seniors. Um, and so they kind of, they phoned us up after tryouts and they said, hey, we only have 11 guys. We're not going to be able to have a team this year. Um, so we're going to go on a one year hiatus. And so I remember just sitting in my room in Grand Forks and kind of devastated, wasn't really sure what to do. So I don't know where the instinct came from, but I, I sent Marty an email. Then I end up calling him and he says, okay, I'll, I'll call you back. I'll see if I can find somewhere where you can try out and make it happen or whatever. And so he calls me back and he said, okay, there's a guy in Kamloops. Here's his number. Uh, and I'll, I'll leave you to it. So I called, I called Sean Wandler at the time. Uh, he said, yeah, come out. You can stay out here for the weekend and we'll see if you're the right fit. So same thing, bought myself a Greyhound ticket, bust over, tried out. It worked out. Um, and then I ended up playing there and practicing with the college team and Ray 
ended up going to school there um, and then ultimately transferred to UBC and got my degree. And now I'm here and now I work for Marty, which is crazy because it went from, should I buy a bike or should I go to camp? And now that one decision sort of changed the whole outcome of my life. So it's, oh, that's crazy. So yeah, I think, I think things run full circle. It's funny because I, you know, it's, it's almost, it's, it's almost a similar story. X number of years removed a little bit. Uh, Cause I got a couple of years on you anyways, but uh, you know, I, I think people in general um, want to, uh, uh, you know, play a part, not necessarily play a part or, or do what they can to, uh, uh, you know, just be a, a just to help out, so to speak. And, uh, you know, much like myself, it was like, uh, you know, one guy takes me under the wings and just says, Hey, this guy, man, I could, I can do some stuff. He's got some passion. He's got some drive. He's got, uh, you know, he wants to get after it. And I think people will, uh, try to accommodate and, and, and make those things happen. You know, I, 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 I kind of laugh because it's, it's, you know, I went to the camp, I was a counselor at the camp. I was an instructor at the camp and now I run the camp and it's got full circle. So I lived there as a player and, and actually funny this year with COVID going on, I'm going to be living in the hockey arena with you again. And much like we did when, when we were kids there, but uh, you know, and the same thing with yourself, it's, it's full circle. Cause now you're, you're back in Kamloops, uh, you know, and, and helping out Sean Wandler's program. And he was kind of the guy that uh, got you with the Kamloops midget program. And uh, you know, so that's, that's, that's a neat story. Yeah, no, it's good. And I got, uh, I'm going to bring some weights and I know you're bringing the battle ropes. So we'll be, We'll be partying in the arena with all the all the gym equipment, so it'll be good. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll turn it up. I gotta try to try to keep pace with you guys. So, uh, you, you might be surprised there, Isaiah. Be careful. Yeah, I know. I've been training. I've been thinking. Okay, Marty's gonna be breathing down my back. So that's hilarious. Um, okay, maybe before we go into, uh, we have gone into baseball, but uh, maybe we before we go into the logistics of it, I wanted to talk about failure and what younger athletes can do and that sort of thing and how they can grow faster as, uh, as baseball players in this day and age. Um, but maybe we, we talk about, cause I, I think some people think like, Oh, Marty's just a Canadian Olympic coach and an MLB scout. Like life was just, it just happened for him. But I don't think they realize how hard you worked and like some failures you had and some times where you didn't know what to do or how to do it. And I'm sure even COVID, posted a lot of problems for you um how how were you able to overcome some of those obstacles and maybe if you can share some of those with us yeah i i, I there's no doubt about it you know the game of baseball and like anything it's it, it is a game of failure guys can hit 300 and, and and make big money in the big leagues which means they're failing 700 out of the time you know out of that as well too so um you know you got to be able to adjust but to be able to hit 300 you got to mentally be you know pretty good in the batter's box almost 10 out of 10 times. I mean, every so often we give away at bats because we're just not the right headspace, so to speak. Um, but yeah, and, and things are going to happen and you'll get torn down and things don't always go the right way. Um, you know, in college, it was, uh, I was actually, um, and I'll lead more into this. I was actually cut from a college team when I was in Louisiana. And it wasn't more say that I didn't make the grade or anything, but I was actually, I don't know if I was cut or I was suspended or the coach just had enough of me for a little bit. And I was a, I was a little bit of a, and lack of better words, and I don't know if people understand, I was a little bit of a piss ant. So I, w I was feisty. And, and sometimes when, you know, you didn't see the way, you didn't see it the way I saw it. I mean, I mean how dare you, I guess, but uh, it didn't make any sense to me. 
So, uh, you know, battling for a position, and I thought I should have been the, the guy, and I was uh, struggling to get the coach to put my name on the starting lineup and had to have a conversation with them. It didn't quite go the way I wanted it to because, uh, um, you know, I, I didn't agree with what he said, and, and uh, he made me stew for a while and uh, basically, uh, uh, I don't know if he cut me or suspended me, and uh, I thought I was coming back to Canada and my baseball life was over, so to speak, and... Uh, uh, you know, for the most part, I think I was just getting taught a lesson. Uh, you know, you battle, you battle because you're, you know, the one thing is you got to be able to understand it is just a game. Um, your teammates are far more important than the game there because they'll last, your teammates become your friends and they last a lot longer, more or less than the game will. Um, you you got to support them and you just got to work hard and do as well as you can and you don't have ill feeling with regards to other guys. So it's not a matter that I want Isaiah to go 0 for 3 so I can get in the lineup. It's a matter of that uh, the coach or who's ever making the decision just feels I might be the better guy in the spot for the betterment of the team. Uh, Marty's playing today and Isaiah is not, which doesn't mean that Isaiah can't uh, take my job away from me or, or play another position or me get moved to another spot. But it, it just, um, it, it's just part of the, the beauty of the game or, or any sport is challenge. And, you know, just like in life, you, you, you got to battle through, uh, you know, pulling an all-nighter so you can make sure you do uh, get your grades up there so you can achieve and maybe get that uh, um, sponsorship or whatever the case may be, the stipend to move on to another project. And then you got to, you know, get a job and, and fight for that job and do a good job with it so that you can down the road provide and all that as well, too. But, you know, in the journey of life, don't be afraid to enjoy the people that are around you and have fun. I mean, Isaiah, we're about to go up to camp for – I'll be there for four weeks. You're going to be up there for three weeks and change. And, and we're going to have some days that are a bit of a grind. And, uh, you know, at the end of it all, we're a lot better off just by being in North America or being in Canada uh, than so much of the population. And as tough as it gets sometimes, it's, uh, we're still pretty fortunate beings. And uh, so enjoy the, enjoy the process. And uh, you know what? You're going to get kicked in the butt, get back up and understand, you know, if you're a good dude, you'll have people around you that are going to, you know, brush the dirt off your backside and push you forward again. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I feel like, especially even when I was young, it always felt like it was me against the world instead of trying to build these relationships, but also focusing on how can I beat the Isaiah yesterday instead of the guy across the field? Because um, I can't control what that guy does or how he acts or how he hits. Um, and that was, a big, that was a big game changer for me in life as well. Um, and I'm sure the same is with business. You know, I can't control what the next camp down the road's doing or what the next performance trainer's doing, but I can, I can figure out how I can separate myself. So that's, yeah, no, that's awesome. And I think, cause I, even coaching these young kids, you see, I'll see them go 0 for 4 in a game and it's the, it's the end of the world and they're 14 years old and you kind of look at them like, dude, you got like four more years of high school and then if you play college you got four more years and then if you play pro you got more so you know how are you letting this 0 for 4 ruin your day but I think that perspective is is hard for athletes sometimes so like especially for you you've been around the best athletes in the world how how do they handle that you know it's it's funny because you look at it a few different ways you know and, and a couple names your listeners might uh, know of and you were in the trail area as well too so Jason Bay who's from the trail area or John Olderud who many might remember he won championships with the Blue Jays and ended up playing with the Mariners he was uh, you know almost at 400 one year 
Um, and, and a lot of players here too, that they're, they've got such a demeanor about themselves and a calm about themselves that you wouldn't know if they were 0 for 4 or they went 4 for 4. They, they, they didn't have a lot of show or flamboyancy to them. Um, and, and that's one way, and that's some, you know, which world-class athletes, so to speak, kind of, uh, you know, bring themselves out. They're able to kind of hone it in and, and contain their, their, their levels of, of excitement, so to speak, or, or, you know, they're never too low, they're never too high, they kind of stay the course. Um, and you have to be able to find a way to, you know, where there's peaks and valleys in life, and, and on a ball field there's plenty of peaks and valleys, and you just want to get out of the valley sooner and you want to stay on the peak a little bit longer. Um, and, and that's the difference between probably a minor league player and, and a big league guy is because the big league guys just stay better for a longer period of time, more consistent. But on the other side, there's nothing wrong, too, when Isaiah goes 0 for 4. And I kind of have to find, as a coach, a way to look at it. And you get frustrated, and maybe you let something squeak out you didn't want to let squeak out, or you decide to take your bat and, and hit it against the shopping cart. Well... I'll watch for a little bit longer and see whether or not you're just out of control and you don't need, you don't know how to hone back in that, that uh, uh, excitement or that aggression or whatever the case is, whatever you want to call it. Or if you're just so competitive that you're just flustered because you weren't happy with the performance you just put out because you didn't get your head right quick enough, because that person shows me that's a competitive son of a gun and he might win me a championship because he's so success orientated and he's got the ability to kind of say, I'm better than that uh, and get good again, get good quicker again. And I, and I look at this as well to where um, someone like a Brett Laurie type and, you know, he was with the Blue Jays and everybody wonders, okay, well, where's, where's Brent, uh, Brett right now? But he was a guy that was feisty and he had an edge in the whole nine yards, but Brett had such a cocky confidence about himself to where some people it might have rubbed wrong but when you saw beyond that, you know, as a coach and you sat back and you saw that cocky confidence and you looked at him much like a Ricky Henderson type of guy, um, or maybe if you want to think of a Soto type of guy with the Nationals, right? You look at him and you're just going, oh my God, these guys are just, they're almost like, they're, 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 they're so cocky. It's, it's arrogant. But you need a little bit of that confidence to be, to be able to excel. And if you're someone that just uh, doesn't, get, doesn't get flustered when you have bad days, do you really know what type of work ethic you need to do to actually bust your butt, get some sweat on your brow, and get really, really good just so you can pass, be, be, excel, and be better than the guys next to you? So it, it's kind of a thing where you sit back and you see how people react to failure and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I, I want to, um, you know, I'm going to give you a quick story here, and your listeners might think this is funny. It was Lewis and Clark State University. The coach there was Ed Sheff, who's uh, renowned in college baseball in America. He's in the, uh, and he's in the uh, college hall of fame. He had a, he had what they call a box, a boxathon in which he'll match up his players. So guys that are in their fourth year of college and guys that are freshmen in their first year. So Isaiah weighs 180 pounds. Well, he, and he's only 18 years old because it's his first year at Lewis and Clark college. Well, it doesn't matter if you're 18 and the guy next to you that you have to fight, put on the gloves against and fight. And I don't condone this type of activity and say, coaches, go out there, put gloves on your players and beat, beat, let them beat, beat each other up. So you have to fight someone else who's in your weight class. So you got to fight another 180 pounder who happens to be a guy who's 22 years old and has probably been around the block more than you have. And all Ed could remember was he had this freshman pitcher fight against this senior guy who was 22 years old, same weight class. And the senior guy 
just kept on knocking the freshman down. And the freshman guy just kept getting up on his feet and he wanted more. He said, let's go, let's go, let's go. And he, and he, and he, and he couldn't, he couldn't stop him. He probably would have had to shoot him to stop him. But so he kept going, he kept going. So they got into later on in the year, they got into the champ national championship game and Ed didn't know who to start. He didn't know who to start in that game. And his two guys were available was that freshman pitcher and that senior pitcher who kicked the crap out of the freshman in the fight. But all he could remember is that freshman guy kept getting off the ground and kept getting back on his feet. So there's one that can probably, he's up for the challenge. He can bounce, he can, he can fight off adversity. He started the freshman. And if you think about it, you'd normally think you might start the senior because that'll be his last chance to get on the field in his college career. And so he started the freshman. Um, the freshman ended up getting the victory in the game, but the senior did get in the game late in the game because he wanted the senior to kind of, you know, have his last hurrah when the game was in control. But it was kind of funny because you, you think about that, and as much as you don't want to have guys fight or this and that, you look at people and individuals, whether it's on a sports field or just in life, and you say, you know what, that guy's that guy gets after it. That guy's going to make it happen. And, you know, just much like in the boardroom, when you got to assign a project and, and you're up against the wall, you're going to look down at that boardroom table and there's eight people sitting there and you're going to take, you're going to, you're going to go into your gut and you're going to grab your gut guy. And you say, you know what, that McDonald kid's going to get this done. And I don't have to look over my shoulder and make sure that he's, he's doing it. If he's got to stay late, he'll stay late and make sure it happens. And I think down the road, that's who the, the strong community person is. It's probably who the good family person is going to be because, uh, he knows what it takes that uh, life isn't always uh, peaches and roses. Uh, sometimes you, sometimes you get kicked in the, uh, the kneecaps and you gotta, you gotta, you know, you just gotta shrug it off and get back on your feet. Yeah. A hundred percent. I love that story too. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's same with building muscle. You got to break it down, break it down and then it'll grow back stronger. Same with the mind. You got to break it down and break it down and it'll come back stronger and resilience. So no, that's good. Um, I won't take up too much more of your time, but I got, I got a couple more questions. Um, so building on, you know, looking at that kid, how does he respond to failure? Um, as a scout as well, I had one young guy ask me like, what are they looking for when I'm on the field? Is it the way I move, the way I walk, the way I talk, the way I hit, you know, I, I think some of these kids, especially in Kamloops, cause they don't really have access to that high level play. They don't know. And I know there's a couple kids who they know they want it, but they don't know. They don't know what it takes. And I feel like that's our job to sort of guide them in that path. Yeah. I, and it is your job um, because they, they see what's in the pond in their little town, 100%. Not, not realizing that there's an ocean out there. And, um, and I think you have to, keep them keep them the course and when they're having success you've got to basically be able to challenge them more you have to set up situations in which they uh they are challenged and and you know whether it's to send them to a provincial camp an id camp uh make them play a year above their their age bracket and you know in your case in Kamloops, where you have tru you talk to ray chadwick and say hey i got this young kid uh you know he's pretty good can you put him out there with the college guys and the college guys because they are men young men and men uh, they might humble a little bit. He might realize that he's, he, he's not as, uh, he's got a ways to go still. So you got to be able to expose him to some things and realize what is out there. Um, there's no doubt about it. 
a number of factors as far as scouting goes are, are not only on the professional level, but even on the college level. If you're a recruiter, you're looking for things. Uh, you know, and the only difference in the college thing versus uh, the pro side of things is that when I'm a college recruiter, I have to take grades into account. So you can have the best baseball tools. You can throw, you can hit, you can run, you can do it with power. You're explosive the whole nine yards, and you get me excited as a professional baseball scout. If you're a, a horrible student, but you can do all those things as a pro guy, that's cool. That doesn't bother me at all. All I know is you're going to be with me, and you probably aren't going anywhere to school. You know, um, But on the school side of things, depending on the school I'm recruiting from, whether it's a higher academic institution or it's a community college situation, I have to take education into there. He has to have some aptitude to be able to survive in the classroom. You don't have to survive in the classroom if you're in the pro game, but you do have to have aptitude because you have to be coachable. But in the college game, I have to recruit guys that can stay eligible for me. So the biggest part for as far as you're going, and realistically, with the kids that you're working out with, Isaiah, if they want it, I'm a true believer that you can get it uh, as far as college baseball goes. Because there's many different levels of college baseball. So you could be an average college baseball player. And if you understand what you need to do to improve your game, okay, I got to get faster, a little bit faster. So I'm going to go see Isaiah. He's going to work on my speed with me. Okay, I got to I gotta try to work on my, my, my hitting a little bit, power-wise. Oh, okay, maybe I could learn how to drag bunt or push bunt. Defensively, I have to make sure I'm solid defensively. Okay, am I, am I a shortstop, second baseman? Do I have versatility? Can I play other positions? So we can develop those tools. And there's going to be a place in college for somewhere for you to play if you have the understanding that when you go to play college baseball, you are a student athlete. You're not an athlete student. And the word student comes before athlete because you have to get it done in your classroom. And you have to be able to down the road, hopefully, after you've finished your four years of playing career, five years if you're in the Canadian College League because they'll let you do that at TRU, which is a great place to be. Um, but you got to have a degree at the end of it all, hopefully, because you don't want to spin your wheels and have nothing to show for it. I mean, if you just want to, you know, spin your wheels, have no degree at the end of it uh, and have your parents or have you put out $20,000 a year so you can play basically a glorified men's uh, baseball league uh, games, uh, although college baseball, I'm just throwing that term out there, but it's just, then you've done, you've wasted your time. So there's no reason why you can't get the degree, get it done in the classroom and understand what, the objective is it's 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 to it's a great fraternity and an opportunity to play college baseball while you're going to school and achieving a degree and, and getting an expertise in a field and so so on of it on of it there obviously in the, in the college game the tools play run hit throw um and and it is achievable and i think with your young guys and, and i know some of your kids up in camlets i've seen them and there's some great talent there and they now, I think, you know, the organization KMBA has made a good commitment by having guys like Frank Ingram and yourself up there that can offer some guidance. They have someone like the Ray Chadwicks in the world and even the smaller town people, uh, because I do deal with a lot of people from, uh, you know, the Kootenays and we get to the odd kid that comes out of Nelson or, you know, Grand Forks or Trail or, or you know, or Cranbrook. And there's some nice players. And I think if you know exactly what you need to do and work on, um, you're probably going to be able to, you might be able to achieve your goals. Now do surround yourself with people that have common goals because it does help out to have a workout buddy and have someone push it, you know, and push each other. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's good. Um, okay, so two more questions. And the, the first one is another one regarding baseball, and then we'll talk about BLE and, and yeah. the experience of it, and then, uh, and then we'll let you go. Uh, so one thing I had was, you know, how can athletes get better at a faster pace? And I know, especially when you're young, you think, okay, I just need to go log hours at the field. I'll go hit. I'll go aimlessly throw some balls around, maybe catch some fly balls. Um, but then as you progress, you realize some guys can get done in an hour, but it takes some guys four. And they know how to dial it in for that one hour. They know their strengths and their weaknesses of each area of each of their tools. Um, so for these young kids, they don't, uh, they don't have that self-awareness yet. So what would you recommend them for, you know, getting better at a faster pace and, and just developing quicker? Well, I think nowadays more so than when I was coming up, uh, they've got a great uh, resource in the internet. Um, so if you wanted to learn about drop steps in the outfield, you probably could click on a YouTube video and get some stuff there and, you know, be able to work on some things. And they'd show you a few drills. If you wanted to work on some infielding stuff, you could find some things. Access coaches if you can. Um, there's nothing better than having a personal coach that's got some knowledge to be able to help you out. Um, that's always a huge plus. You, you want to be, you know, it's, it's, you want to work. It's not the quantity, it's the quality. And so for you to be able to take 100 ground balls and basically be incorrect in a lot of your repeti rep repetition, uh, all you're doing is ingraining a movement that's not going to pay dividends for you down the road because it just doesn't move as, it, it just, you just don't move as efficiently as you could move. So, you know, the, the, the quality is much better than the quantity. Um, Isaiah, like anything, I don't think kids really realize this. Baseball especially, and I won't take away from other sports, but baseball especially is such a mental game. And you have to be able to be good between your ears because it, there's a lot of time in between each pitch. And, you know, especially with the bats, you got to understand your strengths and your weaknesses. So you have to put in your time and do the simple drills like hitting off a tee and, and you know, and doing soft toss and, and doing the live BP and having success, you know, before you crank it up to the next level. And if you want to excel quickly, then the, the game is, has gotten a little more physical. Uh, to be able to run fast is a huge, it's a plus tool. It's, it's a huge tool in the game to be able to have some strength and generate bat speed. And you know, an Altuve hits the ball and generates great bat speed and hits home runs and Justin Pedroia hits big home runs, you know, and, and these guys are, these guys are small guys as far as the world of professional athletics go. I mean, these guys are five foot six, five foot eight and you know, 170 pounds or whatever the case may be, but they've generated as much power as other guys. So, they're able to muster out as much uh, uh, production out of that little body as some guys that are 6'3", 240 pounds are doing. Um, and, you, you know, you're working properly. And then the biggest thing is if you want to excel quickly, and you know this, you're in the physical field. You got to eat right. You got to sleep right. Okay. And you just got to take care of that body. And if you're not doing that, you're not going to be able to. You're not going to be able to be good between your ears because your body's just not in the right spot and you're not going to, your aptitude won't be as good either. So that is a, a huge, huge component. I am a more so now, probably just because when you get older, you seem to be more aware of this. Um, I am more aware and conscious of what I put in my body than I ever was when I was your age and testosterone was still kicking it up a notch. And I was able to probably look a lot better in a t-shirt back when I was 23 than I ever would be now. But you can fuel properly, which is going to help you to basically get past your competition, you know, 
and uh, you know the body needs rest, man. Don't put crappy fuel. Don't put crappy fuel in a good car. Yeah, yeah. that's all. I always say that to my athletes, and they they always preach, oh, no rest days, no rest days, no nutrition. And I was I was one of those kids who didn't listen to the body, and you know I would eat well, I'd exercise well, but when it hurt, I would just keep going and keep going. Uh, and here I am at 23 with a, a, the lower back of a 60-year-old and all these issues. So, like, for you to say that is big. And I really want these kids and these people listening to understand to listen to the body and also fuel it with, you know, you don't put the low-octane fuel in a Corvette. You put, the, you put the best fuel in there and it runs the best. So, yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, 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 uh, it's kind of a, it's where you get the edge. It's the little things that give you the edge that people don't actually realize. And they all realize they got to, and I'm not saying don't have yourself a pizza or a, or a Coca-Cola now and then I just say, don't have that stuff every day because it'll kick you in the pants in a hurry. And then wait, then you wait until you get a little bit older in life. And then uh, it's not only that, there's other parts of your body that are going to be wishing that you would have taken care of yourself. So That's hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last one is um, maybe they can hear what, big league experience baseball camp is from your perspective. Uh, and I'm, I'm, it's a, it's a life changing camp. So maybe they need to hear what it is from you and how they can get there and what they can get out of it and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, no, I appreciate you. letting me uh, give you a little bit of spiel on BLE. It's BLE is, is big league experience is obviously very close to my heart. Uh, we had an opportunity, I, you know, once again, I went there as a, as a, as a player and then I was a counselor and instructor and, uh, and then was able to basically take over the camp with my partner, Colin Dixon, who played in the Red Sox organization for years. And, uh, we chose the word experience because, and you know, the word big league, everybody takes the word big league as major league baseball. Uh, big league is also, Hey, that's big league. Something good happens. Oh, that's big league. And, and, uh, uh you know, you drive up in your corvette with your fancy fuel in the uh, corvette and stuff like that you pull up and put down the convertible i look at you and say that's man that's big league it's just it's high end it's 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 cutting edge it's neat but we chose the word you know because that has a meaning of more than just baseball uh but then it also has a baseball you know comparison of big league you know big league baseball or major league baseball but then we chose the word experience as well too just because it's not just about baseball but it's about the overall experience that you get out of camp and much like we all, uh, you know, we go to camp because of baseball. Um, there's the other experience parts that are life experience there. You have to be able to get along with people. You're living in a hockey arena on a cot with 70 other bodies in there, plus coaches. And it's not the greatest of sleeping conditions. And you got to figure it out. And you got to get along with people. You're required to make your bed every day. So there's the experience of doing those type of things. You're required to be a good team, uh, you know, required. I mean, hopefully this works into you carry this over beyond camp, but you more or less have to be a good teammate and get along with people because that's what it kind of requires. Um, yet you understand with, through the course of the week that you're there, that it is about you trying to get your skills better and take an ownership yourself to do your development. Um, and then also to, we rely or we count on and we enforce that you have to be a good teammate. So you have to be a good person. And these are all facets in life that I think, would, whether it's in the job force or whether it's within your family or whether with your friends, that is an experience that carries over positively into other aspects into life. 
So yes, it is about the baseball, but it, it is all about the other experiences that the camp kind of has to offer. I mean, I have friends. It's funny because I'll, I'll, you know, it's going full circle because kids are coming to camp now and their dads are kids I went to camp with. And, uh, and it's, it's funny because I say, oh man, I said, how's Ted doing? His boy's dad, dad's name is Ted. And, and it's almost like the years don't, you really don't even know the years pass by and you go, oh my goodness, that was 20 some odd years ago that your dad was sitting here and, you know, and, and playing pranks on me in the cot next to him and stuff like that. And uh, so it, uh, it's kind of a, it's a neat little unity. And I think one of the biggest things with camp, and it's too bad this year because of COVID that we're not allowed to do the residential side um, of camp or even the mealtime side of camp, because I think a lot of the kids get to know each other uh, a lot more when you get all that opportunity time to spend with each other when you're off the field and stuff like that as well too. But uh, you know, on the baseball side, Isaiah, you know what, we're going to do it. We're going to do a good job. We're going to have the right people in front of you as far as coaches and counselors go and guys that have been around the game. So we can help give you the, um, you know, the, the tools and the, the, the guidance and the instruction and the drills to make you a better player. But then also too, we can actually have a lot of fun with you as well too. So it makes the environment uh, a good learning environment to be around as well too. So um, it's uh, it's kind of cool. It's something that's near to me. There's no doubt about it. And uh, um, that's why I got to stay in shape. You got to keep me in shape so I can do this for another 10, 15 years. And then maybe we'll just pass it on to you and you can do it for another 30 some odd after that. Yeah, that's hilarious. And you, you're underselling this. They, they don't know that there's a five-time World Series champion that goes and a MLB pitcher and a Canadian Olympic coach and college coaches and college scouts. But So you're being too humble. But the best thing out of that is make your damn bed. That's the a, that's a biggest thing. If you don't make your bed, then I'm going to have to dock your team and then your team's going to hate you. No, they don't hate. No one hates it. But, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's funny, and, and the kids have fun. And it's, uh, you know, the neatest part about it is uh, I think the kids understand there is a discipline. But then uh, if you weren't trying to pull a prank and stay up late and try to piss me off because I'm trying to get to sleep, then I wouldn't think it was camp. So there's an expectation that uh, – tell your listeners, don't go too crazy on me because I need my rest at night. But anyway, it's uh, – um, it's fun. It's a, it's a neat part. And, uh, people go, how do you sleep in a hockey arena? I said, well, I'll try it a couple of times. You probably, you know, we got guys like Joe Sargent who's played 11 years of professional baseball and was with the Florida Marlins. Who's, who's 40, you know, 41 years old. And he just had a child and, and, and he says, I'm sleeping in the arena. So it's, uh, it's, it's kind of funny to, uh, you know, see that that's kind of a big part because we just uh, enjoy being around, uh, you know, the kids and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, Frankie, one of the coaches has over a year, of nights spent in the arena over the last however many years. So that, that was a record. For Frankie's sure. going to be due up for a gold watch one of these days. <laughs> that's a, Yeah, that's what I was saying. Uh, uh, yeah. So, so, um, so maybe just to end things off, thank you, first of all, for coming out and sharing all of this. Um, where can we find you? Where can they kind of get involved and see what BLE is about and, you know, just be connected with Marty as well? You know, if you go on the, uh, the website, which is bigleagueexperience.com uh, or the Twitter account at BLE Marty Lane or, the, or if, easy enough, Instagram or Facebook uh, uh, under Big, Big League Experience, you'll find us. And we'll have, you know, some videos in there and we'll have, um, uh, you know, some photos in there and then there'll be some daily stuff and what's going on. 
So it's kind of neat. Um, you know, Isaiah, I want to touch on one thing before we take off on this as well, too. When you talked about adversity as well, too, um, you know, we've been dealing with, uh, and myself, everybody deals with it a little bit differently, but, uh, you know, with what's going on in the world right now with COVID and stuff like that. And we have to, we have to play our part to uh, obviously make sure that we, you know, we're, we're respectful of others around us as well, too. And we'll have to deal with that with camp. It's been a tough year for your listeners and, and for anybody involved in a lot of aspects in life, let alone baseball. Um, you know, we got kids that wanted to, maybe this was their run to go to the Little League World Series. We got people that were graduating that were going to go to college that has changed a little bit. Major League Baseball draft went from 40 rounds to five rounds. So there's a lot of players that basically, um, you know, didn't get drafted because the rounds were shortened. I've got guys that colleagues and friends of mine and uh, that I've drafted that were released by Major League teams because there was no, no minor league baseball this year. So they had nowhere to play. So it's, it's been a tough year for, for all of us. And uh, so, you know, anytime we can uh, get back on the field, we got to kind of just, uh, you know, just grab onto, you know, the, the little things in life that, uh, you know, make it so unique in that as well, too. So, I mean, that's a big adversity that these guys are going through. And, and uh, we'll get through this. Uh, we'll get through this crap, hopefully. And, uh, you know, whether Donald Trump does it or someone does it, we need that vaccine out there so we can just get back to normal at some point. But, uh, um, it, uh, it's uh, kind of one of those adversity things, but uh, I appreciate the time. And yeah, look us up on social media. If you get to Oliver, by all means, stop by the camp, see what's going on. And uh, you'll see a bunch of old guys having a bunch of fun with a bunch of young guys. And, and uh, you know, we have, uh, we have 10 big leaguers that are playing right now in the big leagues from Canada. It was funny, Baseball Canada put on a, a photo of, of a headshot of each of these guys. And five of those guys all were living in the hockey arena uh in Oliver and uh in the form of a Soroka, a Paxton, a Pavetta, O'Neill and Rowan Wick. So it was kind of uh it's kind of neat though but uh, um they come from somewhere and just like you and me that's just a matter of just uh we just love the game and uh we just want to enjoy it for all it's worth. Yeah 100%. Yeah so thanks thanks for that Marty and yeah if you haven't already Marty's giving you all the tools and, and how to how to find him and definitely a guy you want to be in contact with and will go out of his way to help you. So, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful that I know Marty and got to stay connected with him. So, yeah, thanks for coming. Oh, my pleasure. Looking forward to seeing you in a few weeks there, Isaiah. Are you an athlete trying to take your sports career to the next level? Are you trying to secure your spot on an all-star team, college roster, professional roster, or Olympic roster? Are you an athlete who is highly motivated and works hard in the gym and on the field but aren't seeing the results you deserve? That's where I come in. I'm a sports performance specialist and I help athletes separate themselves from their competition through precise, detailed, and meticulous strength training programs. I help you develop the speed, power, strength, and athleticism it takes to stand out and separate yourself from your competition. If this is something you're interested in, head over to my website, instinctperformance.ca, and fill out the online coaching application form, and we will schedule a free consultation to see if you're a good fit. What this looks like. If you get accepted, you'll receive a detailed movement assessment where you, we test your deficiencies and determine what your strengths and weaknesses are. 
Number two, you'll have access to an app that I use that outlines the exact exercises, sets, reps, and rest intervals. This app gives you full video breakdown of each movement so you know exactly how to do it. If this is something you're interested in, head over to our website, instinctperformance.ca. Hit us up on social media. Instagram is ip.performance and Facebook is instinctperformance. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. Isaiah out.